0: Welcome to the Secret Sauce Podcast. This is a show about relationships with staff, with students, with yourself, with building culture in your classroom, your school, your district, and becoming personally developed so that you can be professionally developed. Be sure and follow our podcast so you don't miss a show. And we're booking now for the 23-24 school year um, for any type of PD that you need, keynotes, seminars, workshops. Just get in touch with me. I would love to come to your to your school, your district, and share The Secret Sauce with you. So let's jump right into the next episode. Here we go. Hey, welcome to The Secret Sauce podcast. I'm your host, Kip Schubert, and this is episode number 27. And I've got a really cool guest on with me this afternoon. Um, his name is Eddie Wright. He's the Athletic Director at Oklahoma City Public Schools. Um, but Eddie, um, I've known Eddie since he was a kid and uh, coached against him and, and with him and when he was a youth soccer player. And then he got me into my first high school coaching job, coaching soccer at Putnam City High School in Oklahoma City, and he became my assistant coach. Um, and then when I left uh, Putnam City, Eddie took over uh, Putnam City. So it's just been a situation where I've known Eddie for a long time and seen him grow and um, just become not just an outstanding educator and coach and and AD but just an an outstanding uh, young man and husband and father and it's been a pleasure to see him do the things that he's done so I'm happy to introduce to you Eddie. Eddie Wright Eddie tell us a little bit about what you're doing your, your educational journey and a little bit about your story. Yeah
1: well currently I'm the district athletic director for Oklahoma City Public Schools. I oversee 21 schools 13 of those middle schools and eight of those high schools and Man, it's, it's something new every day, but I love doing it. I love the impact that I get to make on not only student athletes, but also coaches. Um, like Kip said, I started out at Putnam City High School uh, as a student, graduated in 1999, took five years hiatus to uh, get educated, and then came back and started teaching at Putnam City, where I held a, a number of positions, um, English teacher, leadership director, athletic director, head soccer coach. Um, for 17 years. So I had the opportunity, you know, God orchestrates everything in my life. And he opened up a door that I never thought would be open for me, leaving a district that I loved to uh, become the associate athletic director at Oklahoma City Public Schools. I expected to be there for four or five years learning under the current AD. His name was Todd Dilbeck, a wonderful man, a great mentor for me. But instead of five years, he was there for five minutes. And uh, so I got a chance to take over the following year. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm doing my very best with a great team behind me ever since.
0: Yes. And then, you know, Eddie, I want to share one thing. And I, I know we've talked about it a little bit before um, with my story. But, you know, Eddie really, even though he wasn't the AD, um, he was just an assistant football coach and uh teacher at putnam city but he really he really got me my first high school coaching job um i'd coached club soccer forever and um but got me into the high school game and um i was i was still i was struggling um a little bit when i was at putnam city with eddie and you know and eddie had seen me before as a club coach and i remember the first year was good and um you know the, the, but the second year. Um, you know, I just kind of had tailed off and I know I wasn't giving my best and there was a lot of issues at home I was dealing with, with, um, you know, a marriage imploding and my drinking had gotten worse. And, um, I remember, I remember you coming to me in that little coach's office that we had where we changed and, you know, Eddie being, you know, at at first it it made me angry because I'm like, you know, here's this kid I used to coach, you know, what's, what's this kid doing, telling me how to, how to do my job. And, but Eddie just flat out, he just challenged me that day. You know, what are you doing? If you're not going to give 100%, you know, get out and let me have it. And, you know, because Eddie did a great job already. He didn't really even need me there. And um, when he gave me challenge, it was one of those, I knew, it was, even though it kind of made me angry and hurt my ego, but, I stepped up that after that and just gave every single thing I had that year. And um we had a great year. Made a run. I think we had one playoff game, got beat by PC North in the first round. And um uh really it was Eddie, it was you that got me that award of state coach of the year for the West Side All State and um I was so scared after that that I could not repeat that job that I did that year. I mean, that was the reason I, I bowed out and resigned. Um, you know, things were falling apart at home, and my life was not good, and the drinking had, was taken over. But I was just so scared I couldn't do it again. Um, I didn't have it in me. And but I just want to tell you, on you know, to all our listeners and people out there, that I just appreciate you so much, and that challenge and and uh, holding me accountable that day, because um, it made a huge difference, and I've and I've never forgot it. in when I got back into soccer after my recovery, I always, I never forgot that. And um, if I was going to do it, I was going to give it a hundred percent and give all I had. And so, I mean, I was really appreciate you even being a young guy back then, because that was back 2008. So that was yeah, a long time yeah. ago. And I was, got a, married even.
1: Yeah. I was a 25, 26 year old kid, but, but the only reason I, I called you on is because I, I saw what you were when I was a kid, when I was, 15, 16 years old, and you were coaching us, and and I'll never forget uh, you standing up in the middle of a practice one time, and you, and you called me out in front of everybody, and it was positive, and you said, you know, Eddie may not be the, the most talented here, but no one's going to outwork him, and it's just something that I've always taken with me because I've got, a, I've got a mom and a grandma who raised me, and they work two jobs to make sure that I can play soccer, and, and they put a work ethic in me that will never stop, and I hope that I can pass that on to my girls.
0: Yeah, it is, and it was just so, that that moment for me was a a life-changing moment for me, even though I didn't get my life turned around until until years later, Um, you know, but just having having you do that for me and then watching how you've just progressed and done the things that you've done with your life professionally and personally, I mean, it's just such an inspiration, um, such a source of empowerment for me um, to see you do what you do, and I just appreciate the heck out of you um
1: i appreciate you
0: you yeah and love you brother when you when you took the the, the ad job there at oklahoma city i know there are challenges that you know some of our listeners may not understand but or appreciate but kind of share a little bit about the challenges that you face the obstacles the adversity that you face as the ad at, at oklahoma city public schools
1: yeah you know the first of it it's pretty simple if i were at putnam city and you asked me hey i need to get a chair for this event or i need a table I'd be able to take you right to it I'd grab that table. I'd set it up and we'd be set. It would take me five minutes here. I can't answer that question. I've got to go search it out. This district is so big. There's so many people that I felt like the first six months of my career, that's all I've been doing is searching for answers to simple questions. But as I've started to kind of get the groove, started to find those people that I can go to, it, it remains more and more clear to me that to get a culture established, it's pretty simple. You got to connect people. You connect people together. And once I've found those connections of who to turn to, my team is so awesome. And we are getting so connected with head principals, athletic directors, community members. I just had a two hour meeting today with a man that man, I wish I'd have done first day because he taught me so much in two hours that I'm going to be able to take with me. So just that connection with people has been the biggest challenge.
0: Yeah. I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned culture and, you know, your programs, you know, multiple programs that you're running. And it is, to me, it's all about relationships, you know, whether we're in the classroom as a teacher or on the field, as a coach, or even running a, a huge district, like you you're doing, it's, the relationships and the people we surround ourselves with are are so vital to either you know our failure or our success and i know you surround yourself with good people so i know you're going to do great things there and i know you mentioned um, being raised by your mom and your grandma and, and the work ethic that they instilled in you but you know with your life experiences your story you know what are some of the the main things beside that besides that work ethic maybe that um, you can share with our listeners that has really helped you and molded you into the man that you are?
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it has to start there. I mean, my grandma, my mom raised us in, in Lyrewood village L block, uh, which is, you know, it's one of those things that again, going back to connecting people, I have so many student athletes, students in my classroom from Putnam city when I was there who grew up in the same environment that I did. And so it allowed me to relate with that, but, you know, my, my, my mom did everything she could to provide for me. I learned compassion. I learned how to hold people accountable because my mom did that for me. She made sure that I was, I, I was always doing the right thing. I remember in middle school, her walking out after halftime and just walking up and saying, we got to go. And the coach is what, what do you mean? We got it. Where you, Where's he going? His report card came in today. He had a C he's done. And I remember her taking me off of a basketball court and uh, she took me straight home because I made a C on my report card but that right there is something that, again, goes back to what you said, Kip. If we're going to do it, let's do the best we possibly can. A C is not what I'm capable of. I'm capable of so much more, and she held me accountable to that. So that was awesome. And one of the things about building relationships sometimes, and, and I think our football coaches, our wrestling coaches, they, they often look at us as, you know, you're being soft. Building relationships, you know, it's that's gooey stuff. That's soft. No, it's not. And my you can ask any soccer player I've ever coached I don't hold them to any standard that is not acceptable to them and it's a high standard. Yeah, I don't cuss at them. I don't yell and scream at them, but that standard is set because that's what my mom did for me.
0: Right and that's and I I love that you mentioned the l block I haven't I haven't heard that term in, in such a long time and teaching at Putnam City and Western Oaks. I know exactly what you're talking about, but you know d- maybe describe for our for by listening in what living on L block was like sure. and the background you've come from and then how that has empowered you and enabled you to really connect with those kind of kids who are coming from a disadvantaged background and, you know, and walk into our schools that, you know, may not have had, you know, the best of lives to this point and And who knows what their life was like the night before. And, you know, how, how has that impacted you and what you do?
1: Well, it's been big. And, and the biggest thing is now I have a story that they can relate with. I have something that I can go and tell them. You know, I've been through the same thing. I know that every three months we were going to move. We did that so we could get the first month free. And then we'd pay a month and then we'd move and we'd go to the next one. It would always be in that vicinity. We'd get our stuff and we'd go. But that's what we had to do. So I've been there. I understand where you are. But here's the deal. That instance, that, that part of my life, that doesn't write my story. What writes my story is what I do with that. Exactly. And so I'm going to go get college educated. I'm the first one in my family to do that. I'm going to go get my master's. I'm working on my doctorate now, not because I was in Lyrewood or L Block. It's because I wanted to overcome that situation and, and work hard for it. But again, I got to have great people in my life to be able to put me in the right direction. And I could have taken lots of little turns that my friends took. But I remember my leadership director and, and you know, you know, or probably got a chance to meet her. but Her name is Sarah Kersey. She's the first woman that ever told me that I was a leader. I didn't know what that meant. I I was a follower. I I did what everybody else did, but when she saw that leadership quality in me, it really changed my perspective. And I started to act like a leader for the first time.
0: Yeah. And I can, I can relate to that in, in some respects. I mean, not the same story, but, you know, being an alcoholic and, and being homeless at one point and having to be put into a mental hospital for a week and then rehab for 30 days and, and being humbled with it with that addiction you know when i came out of that and got into recovery is just after a couple of years it's like i wanted to live you know that being a an alcoholic in recovery or, or you know or however anybody else wanted to label me wasn't who i was anymore you know and i wanted to it was, it's like you said i wanted to use the power in that story that you can overcome anything sure you know you can have everything at your feet as a kid, like I did, um, and still fall, but you can still get back up and make, make, make great strides strides with your life and really learn. That it's just not about you. It's about what you do with it and impacting other people. And
1: yeah.
0: it's just one thing again with you, it's just been an inspiration for me and so glad that we're, we're buddies and, um, have known each other for so long, but speaking of relationships and, 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 I hear you too on the gooey stuff. I mean, so, so many people think that's soft and it's, it's not, it's the core of what we do. Sure. And and some of that's, it's not tough love. I don't call it that. I call it loving them tough. And sometimes it is holding people accountable, you know, yeah. as you did, as you did for me, that taught me how to do it for, for my athletes and for the people around me. And, um, what are some relationships or maybe one relationship that you can think of that has either been a really defining thing for you and who you are as an educator um, or even a relationship with a student that's been really profound, that's kind of changed you and, you know, transformed you into the person and and educator that you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So about uh, how old is she now? So we're we're going on four months. So four months ago, I I was called a grandpa for the first time and, (laughs) And it's funny because this is a young man who played soccer for me, would have, would have played against some of your Sepulpa teams. His name was Christian Hernandez. And Christian, uh, you know, grew up very similar to me. I would go over and pick him up to, to for practice and walk into his home and he's got a little two bedroom house and they've got three brothers and two sisters and mom and dad, and they're just packed in there. And, so I knew that he was someone I needed to love on and it didn't hurt that he was one of the best soccer players I've ever been around. He was he was the closest thing to Louis Lemus that we've ever had. A oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so speaking of tough love, I mean, I held that kid to, to such high standards and and I and I wasn't shy about that either. Uh, you know, people say you're not supposed to have favorites. I, I do. I, I favorite the ones that that follow our core values. They stick with what we're doing. They do it at a high standard. They they go really hard at it. Those are my favorites and I'm not going to deny that because that's where I want everybody to get to. And so we've been through a lot, um, but he was the first student or first kid in his family to go to college. He went to Southern Nazarene university and played soccer there. And I got to be at almost every game. Um, but since then, he's six years out of college now, I think something like that. And I was the, minister at their wedding. I, I actually married him and I see him all the time. I go over and help him with their house. When they need help, they come over and babysit for us. We play flag football together, but it was just a relationship that really started around soccer. He got into my leadership class and he was one that bought into what we constantly preach. And that's, I don't care what kind of soccer player you become. What I'm looking for is what kind of father, what kind of husband, what kind of brother are you going to be five years from now? When you come back to our alumni game, what am I, what am I going to see? And he's held on to that, and he talks about it all the time, that that's the strongest message he's ever been taught.
0: That is – that's awesome, brother. And just, Again, I just – I know I've done it a lot in this podcast already, but I just commend you for the love and the really the authentic love that you pour in to those kids. And I, I know you did it as a coach. You did it with me as an assistant. Um, and I know you do it there in all the programs in Oklahoma City, and they're so blessed – to have you because it's going to make such a difference, and you may not know the impacts that you have on some of them. You you know you you may have just said one thing to them, and it's going to stick with them forever. And you may not ever know, um, yeah. but I know you're impacting a lot of people, and and um, it's just amazing to to see you continue to be so strong in those core values and beliefs as you've kind of you know you've you've uh, climbed up the ladder so to speak um, in our profession, and it's just so cool to see how humble and authentic and that you remain oh, and thanks. just got to commend you for that. And the last thing I, I want to ask you is if, if you could leave our listeners with one really good nugget of wisdom, one really core thing that you kind of lean on constantly, especially when you're facing some adversity or some struggles, what would that be?
1: Quit being so scared of failure. Failure is, it's such an important tool for us to use and when we get to a point where we can, whatever we're going after, whether it's I want to be the best ADI I can possibly be, you want to be the best podcaster that you can be, we're being scared to fail because that fear of failure is going to hold us back. Use our tools. I, I'm not a big fan of Connor McGregor, but he says something that sticks with me. And I just, I, I repeat it to my girls all the time. I've never lost a match. I've ever, I've always won or I've learned. And I think that's so important for us. And, and I have, failed so many times at Oklahoma City Public Schools, but I learned from each and every one of those, and it's going to it's gonna help me to improve. It's going to help me to better the lives of my coaches and my student-athletes, and the same way that I go about it my marriage. I screw up all the time when it comes to Erin, but I learn from it. I try to adapt. She does the same thing, and we have a just a... I, I put it up against anybody. We have a great marriage. We love each other. We have two great kids, and it, it's just it's because we're not scared to fail.
0: Yes, you do, and I can attest to that. And Eddie, I thank you for being a guest. Um, it's been an honor of mine um, to know you and, and have you on here, and I'll be able to sh- to share this out and get your message out and and what you're doing and what you're all about. Um, again, I appreciate you for who you are. And tell Aaron I said hello as you yes, take sir. Her, as you take her for her her birthday to the to Lloyd Noble for the state yeah. basketball tournament. The no doubt the. the Thank you for what you said for, for encouraging you to step out of my box and and not be afraid to fail so yeah. again thank you for being here Eddie
1: yeah man uh, I love you and looking forward ahead. I need to get up there and see you I need to come up and see it so we'll do that next. yeah you
0: do Any, anytime you guys want to bring uh the fam up and and uh hit some slopes or whatever just uh let me know come up and enjoy the mountain it's beautiful up here
1: Yeah, no doubt. I love your pictures. Keep them coming. All right, love you. I will. We'll talk to you later. Love you
0: too, man. Bye-bye. Hey, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. Let's connect and impact lives together. Leave me a comment on this episode or find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at The Secret Sauce with Kip Schubert. We would be honored if you would share this episode on your social media. Continue to share your story. It matters. Reach back over that mountain. Every educator, every student needs to feel loved, heard, and valued. So dish out that secret sauce and be that Sherpa to guide others to the summit. Till next time, let's stay all in and all together.